0: Bitcoin SV is coming to slot machines. A company called Bitboss has developed software that will sit inside the machines and allow gamblers to collect their winnings on their phones. It's more secure for the user, makes it easier for the casino to keep accounts, and offers the prospect of gamblers being able to carry on playing online. I asked the CEO and co-founder of Bitboss, Matt Dixon, to explain how it all works. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. So Matt, thank you very much for doing CoinGeek Conversations. You're welcome. Now, Bitboss is a gaming business. Yes, it is. Tell me all about it. How did, how did you get going with that?
1: So, uh, I've been in the, gaming, the real money gaming space for roughly 10 years. I started out building casinos. Um, and then eventually becoming a private equity manager in the gaming space.
0: And before that, you were what, a trader on Wall Street or?
1: I ran an investment firm and I was also an attorney.
0: Right. I think as far as um, one's parents are concerned, your career has sort of gone downhill from... <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I could show you a text I just sent to my son today. Yes, it's absolutely... <laughs> I. Uh... But I, you're following
0: I, your you're following your passion here or
1: I am. I am. I I, uh, I, I I like everybody else in this space. I heard about it one day and I just put two and two together and I said gaming, real money gaming, you know, casino type gaming mm-hmm. and blockchain are just meant
0: for each other. Because you previously were working with slot machines and stuff like that, is that right?
1: I founded a company that uh had about 2900 slot machines in various casinos in the United States. We used to lease them out to Indian tribes. Right. So,
0: um, that's a good business in itself, isn't it?
1: It was a very good business. We took it public in Canada, uh, eventually sold it off to a, a large publicly traded company hmm. in Las Vegas.
0: Okay, so how did Bitcoin catch your eye?
1: When we founded our company and eventually went public, um, the three founding partners, we all took, you know, new roles. We were partners one day and the next day we had a CEO and we had a president and I was in in charge of uh, technology and innovation for the company. And I just became more and more engrossed in this whole idea of blockchain technology and what it could really mean to real money
0: gaming. When you say it was interested in blockchain technology, so it wasn't actually necessarily especially the money side of cryptocurrency that that you thought could be useful here
1: oh i i I never focused on the monetary aspect of blockchain technology it was all about the underlying use of the blockchain to Mm. enable um more efficient transactions more secure transactions um to basically unify the the gaming space in general
0: so, just help me understand what what you really mean by that I mean what what was the kind of use case that lit the light bulb in your head that you thought wow this this is exactly what we need for that
1: so I think initially our focus was poker, and in the United States, we have this strange setup where you can play poker legally in your garage with your friends for real money and it's totally legal, but when you take those same group of people and you move them online and you try to play poker with each other, it all of a sudden becomes an illegal game because somebody has to be in the middle controlling the game. And, uh, when I kind of had this, I guess, Genesis idea, uh, I started reaching out to blockchain developers. I was lucky enough to be in Denver. We had a very strong blockchain community and we initially started out developing ways to create randomness, on a blockchain which is not quite as easy as some people think and to allow people to play together um, without having any central server any central control
0: uh, and how does that help with the legal restrictions
1: because you're bringing it back to the garage where just four or five guys can sit around in a garage and play now you're doing it online with each other you're removing the necessity of having a central server to control the game and therefore it goes back to something that looks more like a legal game in your garage so
0: your four people who are sitting in different cities now are not the customers of a big company no they're basically just a little group of people
1: there's no rake just four or five guys playing together
0: right so how does that leave room for the idea of a business that you would create? Because in a way, isn't your definition here that that, that doesn't exist in this situation?
1: Yeah, there is no business model there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after a couple of years, we figured out there was no business model there.
0: Oh, is that right?
1: <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's one of those things in life, you have to look at life as a journey. Um, right. And every bit of information that, that you learn is, is a step well, in the right direction. you must have had something in mind no we I think we did um I think we always knew that we first had to learn how this technology worked, and five years ago it was still in its infancy mm-hmm. um and it was uh you know things had not come into place yet, so it was okay because we were testing and we were playing and having a good good time and creating interesting uh ways to do things so, so-
0: how far did you get down that route? Was it available for people to use? Or were you still just testing it privately?
1: Mostly testing it privately. We yeah. didn't want to get in any trouble.
0: Right, okay. <laughs> okay, so that was a learning experience. Yes, it was. And, and, and so how did you get from there to, to where you are today?
1: So then, uh, we moved into, uh, creating a platform using multi-chain, which is a a variant of the, of, of the original, uh, Bitcoin blockchain, but a private chain. Um, and we took that chain and we created an entire ecosystem on multi-chain, uh, for some customers.
0: And what were the customers playing poker or
1: they were playing, uh, Baccarat roulette, uh, lottery games like that.
0: Right. And is that what happened? Is that your business today or?
1: No, we eventually moved on from uh, a private chain to our business today, which is to run that entire platform now on the BSV blockchain.
0: And so going back to the original legal restriction, where does your business today, how does it cope with that original problem?
1: So we are working um, with some regulatory bodies right now. Uh, a lot of the, um, the standards in gaming are based around client-server architecture, uh, and we think we've taken a pretty active role in getting regulatory bodies and standards bodies to understand that when you say a server has to be locked up in a room in a casino, secured by cameras and guards and all this other stuff, that that those standards don't work in today's blockchain world. That data doesn't just exist locked away in a little room somewhere. Data exists everywhere. Um, And it's the thing about the blockchain that a lot of people don't understand is data is basically secured at a very low level. So you don't have to worry about compartmentalizing the data.
0: So is Bitboss a business that will work? as long as you can persuade regulators to think differently about what they're supposed to be enforcing.
1: So I think to get wide mainstream adoption, we do need to have the regulators come along with us and fully understand it. I think there's already jurisdictions like Malta that are getting their their heads around this. Um, So the thing about gaming today is that it's a it's a competition to try to get to license people and to allow operators to work out of your jurisdiction and by doing that you get their tax dollars so there are some jurisdictions that are very happy with the regulations they have in place they're it's kind of an old school mindset they're making enough money they don't want to take the challenge and they don't want to dig in and understand what they need to And there's other jurisdictions that are very happy to say, we see this as a business opportunity. If we start to understand blockchain technology, if we start to write regulations around blockchain technology, and we license blockchain technology gaming companies, we can then be the de facto place that they come to get licensed. And with that licensing comes a lot of tax revenue.
0: But if you as a company are licensed in a certain jurisdiction, does that limit your customers to living in that place?
1: No, not necessarily, because you could get licensed in, in, say, Malta and have access to the EU.
0: But not necessarily the whole world?
1: Not necessarily, but it's still a large enough chunk to make it yeah. worthwhile. Yeah. You could get licensed in the Philippines and have access to most of Asia.
0: Whereas there would be other places in the EU, for instance, where... It wouldn't be so possible for you to get licensed. Exactly. So, yeah. so the
1: UK has a very stringent regulatory yeah. Yeah. Uh, scheme. Um, not to say we couldn't convince the UK that this should be something they should look at, mm. um, but there's obviously places that are easier to get up to speed.
0: It sounds like an incredibly complicated business if you've got a Handle all this side of it as well as the normal stuff of starting a business. Well,
1: I mean, I think if 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 any entrepreneur knew what they were getting themselves into, they would never start. So um. right, okay.
0: <laughs> but but, let, but let's talk a little bit about the other end of the business, assuming the regulatory side of it is all nice and easy. Sure. Um, tell me about the, the the challenges of actually producing the the product and getting people to start using it.
1: So. I think the greatest challenge so far has been that people have invested just massive amounts of money into client-server architecture. They're so used to running a running a server, having their customers log into that server. They've spent money on security and hardening and data centers and everything that goes along with it. And now you're coming along and you're saying, hey, guys, you don't need to do that anymore. We have a new way to do it. And people generally don't want to get up to speed on new things when something they have is working and making them money.
0: But are the people you're talking about here gambling businesses that you are trying to interest? Or, they are. Or, yeah, not, they are. not the individual consumer.
1: No, not the individual consumer.
0: Right. So, So you are creating a product that will be sold to existing gambling businesses. You're not creating... A business that customers will come to is that right
1: so there there's with blockchain the ability to evolve into different business models becomes much easier we think right so there definitely is the b2b component um, but there may also be a b2c component under the right circumstances
0: right so if you succeed in selling to an existing business um, will the customer not even see BitBoss in what they're doing or is it is it sort of white labeled by that business
1: so our our genuine hope is that someday a casino gambler sits down uses our technology has no idea blockchain was behind it and one day discovers wow i actually just use cryptocurrency Mm -hmm. Uh, one of our big focuses right now is a hardware product that we're installing in slot machines it's a hundred dollar device There's 10 million slot machines in the world. They all run on a a common protocol. And we can easily route cryptocurrency or tokens on and off slot machines. Um, And we hope to replace the ticketing system that when you're at a slot machine, you hit cash out, you don't get cash anymore. You don't get coins. You get a paper ticket. And we think that BSV is the ideal replacement for that. Hmm. Uh, The paper ticket is inert, it's inanimate, it doesn't do anything. Well, you,
0: you would normally take that to a cashier or something. You would
1: yeah. take it to a cashier and, and get and get cash at the cage yeah. in the casino, or you'd take it to an ATM device and insert it and mm. get cash back out. But there's nothing you can do with that ticket. So with our device, a casino, a, a new slot machine is roughly $25,000. So to add a $100 device to that machine that's agnostic to the back-end system because the back-end serv- the back-end system providers try to lock the casino into using all their products. So we purposely designed this product to be back-end agnostic. Any casino can use it. It can go basically in any slot machine in the world. And now all of a sudden, your customer has a crypto wallet, unbeknownst to them. It's where they, if they want to cash out from the slot machine, all of a sudden their credits are on their phone. And now it's very easy for the casino to offer other services using those credits. They can use those credits to pay in the gift shop, to pay in a bar, to pay for. So the credit,
0: each credit is a certain number of BSV, but the customer doesn't know that. Is that right?
1: Our implementation right now is based on tokenized. Uh, we feel that most gamblers don't want to worry about the fluctuations in the price of BSV. Mm -hmm. Um, so we developed the whole system using tokenized.
0: And so, if I if I get a, a payout from a slot machine for ten dollars or something, um, what what will be my experience when I
1: so you could offer my phone? So you could take that phone to the cage, and the, the cashier could scan your phone, and then give you know take your your tokenized. But when credits. I have
0: I've downloaded some sort of an app first?
1: Yes, you would download our, the casino's wallet, which is basically a crypto yeah. wallet,
0: right? So then. Right. So then I scan that or hold that up in front of the machine mm-hmm. and then I go to the cashier and they would give me cash if I wanted.
1: With yes. Or you could take it to the bar and buy yourself a beer. I mean, it, it becomes the casino's currency. Right. It, it's basically a stable coin. The casino is the only tokenized has some very unique, uh, very good properties to it. So we can limit, you know, a lot of things about how that token is actually used and we can make sure that that token is only transferable to the casino. We can make sure that token is only redeemable by the mm. casino. We can control the environment so that tokenized chip, credit, whatever you want to call it, functions just like a casino chip with a mm. lot more regulatory oversight.
0: So, so in, in, a, in a way, it's got really nothing to do with BSV. Uh, you know, it, if I get $10, it's not translated into a certain number of BSV.
1: No, we're just using the BSV chain to process the transactions. Exactly. But I mean, we can process thousands of transactions for $1. If you were to think about what it must take in a casino, some casinos have two or 3000 slot machines. And you have to have somebody go around and unlock the doors and you have to have the security that goes along with that. They have to replace the paper that the tickets get printed on. Um, They have to uh, make sure they don't get the the ticket printers don't get jammed up, make sure there's enough, they're they're printing properly. There's a lot that goes into this. They have to audit these tickets. They have to save every ticket that they collect at the cage. They put them in the boxes. Customer may come along a month or two later and say, I thought I had a $200 ticket. The gaming regulators mm-hmm. will, t- will tell the casino, go find it. And they have to search through tens of thousands of these things. If it was running on BSV using tokenized, just like that.
0: Right. That's right? amazing.
1: Yeah. And then the the we think that the real joy of BSV comes when you can move that customer seamlessly from the slot machine to online play. So what we've done is we've designed an entire ecosystem. So now a customer can take their credits. They can cash out from the slot machine. They can go up to their room and in a jurisdiction where it's legal, they can then use those credits to play Roulette or Baccarat or Lottery or Kino or whatever it may be, we've designed all those games to run on the blockchain itself.
0: And would they be doing that under the brand of the casino that they were in? At that?
1: Yeah, yes. That's how we envision it.
0: Right. And you say it costs $100 to install this in a, in a slot machine. I mean, don't you have to like add a screen or do a lot of mechanical work to produce add something like that into it
1: well that's that's kind of the joy of a slot machine it has a screen already although we don't need the screen because we use the screen on the cell phone yes Uh, it has a bill acceptor so you can insert cash into a slot machine Um, and using this common protocol the sas protocol that almost all slot machines in the world run on uh, we've developed this device to talk to to basically sits in the machine intercepts the communications takes out the communication that we need. Uh, and by doing that, we we don't really need anything more than our device, the cell phone that the people already have, and this $25,000 box that has all the other pieces that we need.
0: Um, what stage have you got to with us then?
1: We are routing cryptocurrencies on and off slot machines.
0: Oh, is, you're uh, open for business already?
1: Uh, we're looking for our first test partner
0: right now. Oh, okay, great. Yep. Fantastic. Well, thank you, thank you very much, Matt. Oh, you're welcome. Good time. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Matt. And incidentally, Matt will be taking part in the Sigma Blockchain Conference in Malta next week, along with many other business people and entrepreneurs, including Craig Wright of Enchain and Jimmy Wynn of the Bitcoin Association. They'll be talking about Bitcoin SV in the gambling world. It's definitely worth a punt.